Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Uh, Gary, I'm, I'm going on three sinus colds in seven weeks. So you can answer that for me at this point. But uh, <laughs> so instead of me complaining um, about this, I will just simply ask, how are you doing, man? I'm doing fine. I mean... I bought my wife one of those Stanley cups for uh, not not like the penguins, but like the Stanley cups that people like drink out of. And apparently it's like this big thing. I mean, she what asked is, for it. What is that thing? I don't even understand the thing. Do you remember like a few years ago, like how the Yeti was like a big deal and everybody had to have a Yeti cup because they were like these super insulated cups? And Yeah. Well, they're good quality. I mean, sure. they, they, they cost a lot. Well, that's all this is, is the next iteration of that, right? And they cost a decent amount of money. And I didn't know, whatever. It was a big deal. I went and bought it. Made her happy. She likes it. Well, what do guys always do? We go, well, we I, don't need all that. I don't need all that fuss. I'm going to get myself a nice insulated mug that's just as good, right? So I spend 15 bucks and I get this insulated mug. And two hours later, my coffee's cold. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, I screwed up because she she can have ice in the desert for six hours with that cup. <laughs> and here I can't even keep coffee warm through my morning. It's ridiculous, Jeff. Dude, get get a Stanley cup, get some Uggs, uh, just shuffle around in your pajamas at, at uh, you know Walmart, and um, you know do it that way. Just go full, just go full basic B. Now, the first thing I have to do is prove that it's not important. I did the same thing with AirPods. You know, we're we're fixed now. I, I, I have them. I'm, I'm fully converted. But I went through a long time of trying to make my, my Google wireless headphones just sync with my Apple phone over and over and over again before finally succumbing. So one day I'll get a Stanley Cup just in time for it to not be cool anymore. <laughs> That's hey, that's how the pirates sign free agents. Why should I be any different with my cups, right? Well, you you do have uh, you know a good role model to look up to in that regard. So it's true. So today we're going to go through um, the offensive side of things when it comes to camp. We talked about pitchers and catchers last week, and we're going to do a little bit of a state of the union of the the actual position players and. We know we get 13, and I think the two of us can kind of come up with a list of 13 here as we're going. We're going we're gonna to pencil things in as we think it'll probably go, and then we're going to circle back and kind of look at what's been going on, like this Gary Sanchez whining, and you know who are they bringing in here, and where's this person coming from, and where would this person fit, and do they need a second baseman, and we'll talk through that and, and kind of just see if we really think there's holes or if Maybe they should let the kids just play. Well, it you know, it's funny. It is time to talk through this because as we sit here today, seven weeks exactly from opening day. Um, so it is rapidly approaching and they need to figure some things out on the acquisition side and internally. So, And uh, let's see. Ryan Lytle says, hey, Gary, Jim, happy Thursday. How you doing, Ryan? Let's see. Ethan says John Gray or Kyle Freeland in a trade along with the no longer needed former starting center fielders. 
Um. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting, Ethan. Yeah. Who and the thing is, who in the world knows exactly what the Colorado Rockies are doing at any given point? Like they they haven't really ever fully rebuilt. I mean, like they just made it a point to still keep Charlie Blackman, even though he clearly they, is over the hill and they, they do, they live in, they live in a weird world out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you know, um, talk about, talk about a team that just for pitching, how do you even manage that aspect of it? But uh, the Brewers are having a real weird off season. They sure so, are, man. That and, all plays uh, into this though, because you know later on when we talk about, you know, fans being a little frustrated with things and, and the things that they keep saying to fans, you know, to, to make their expectations reach a certain point. Yeah. You look at the division and you kind of, you understand like the, the sense of urgency is missing a little bit, you know, that it is there for the taking and it feels like they could do minimal things and, and make them their chances better. So Let's talk through it a little bit. Let's get started with the offense a little bit. Um, designated hitter Andrew McCutcheon, I believe, is going to make this team. Jim, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, let's lead off with something bold and daring. Right. Um, Kutch has a secure roster spot. The question with Andrew McCutcheon is, is how much is he going to play this year? Another year older. How many at-bats you wanting to give him? I have a feeling they're going to give him more than probably is a good idea. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how he looks, right? I mean, we discussed earlier, like, that injury he had to his elbow was no joke. And we also talked about how as they get a little bit older, that sort of stuff tends to, like, crop up more often. You know, so you don't want to go into the season expecting it isn't going to happen at all. That said, if he's healthy... Maybe, maybe the extra bats are okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think my concern is you mentioned the elbow. Um, obviously, the Achilles is when you're late 30s is a, a dicey situation. Um, I hope, I hope they know how to maintain that. Uh, his, his freshness, because I think it's getting more and more important for him. I want to see good cutch is basically what I want to, what I, what I want. Well, Hey, let's do something else here. Let's say hello to the new beat writer over at DK Pittsburgh sports for the Pittsburgh pirates. Jose Negron checking in here. Hope I'm pronouncing that right, sir. Honestly, I've never heard it yet. So I haven't had an occasion to talk to you yet. So I hope that's my Greg Brown attempt. I could probably say Jose Negron too, if you'd prefer. Don't let don't let Greg Brown get a hold of that name. (laughs) That's something Greg Brown would do for sure. So um, welcome, welcome, happy to have you, and uh, looking forward to your coverage, brother. And we should also say our uh, friend of the show, Alex Stump, also has accepted a position with MLB.com. That's that's a logical progression for him. I think. Yeah, we'll give him some room to do some longer form stuff that I think he's been jonesing to do. So I'm excited for him. Yeah, we'll we'll have to check in with him at some point. Yeah, we will. Um, let's talk just about a few other players, too. Um, we already talked about pitchers and catchers last week, so I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about them. We know Andy's going to go on the on the 60-day. Hey, so be it. Uh, Jason DeLay, Ali Sanchez, 
And Henry Davis, while still not listed as a catcher, we're still to believe he's a catcher. I don't expect us to finish this conversation in this segment, brother. <laughs> no, but not, not <laughs> I think that's probably where we're going to pick up right away because that that to me is is easily one of the, one of the biggest up in the air areas that we have. DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Sean Wheeler checking in. Good evening, guys. How you doing, Sean? And Douglas Smith just on the show last week. Delay will start opening day. Mark my words. Doug. (laughs) You know what? He could be right, though, right? Um, let's, Let's talk about catching a little bit. I wrote a whole thing on it today because this whole Gary Sanchez thing really set me off, Jim. I... And it wasn't like I was like upset about the player or anything. I guess I was shocked how many people were like fully bought in on this guy. I hadn't heard anybody talk to me about catching. Anybody suggests to me that they have to have a catcher. I do that Q&A every week. I get sometimes 25, 30 questions a week on that thing, right? Right. I haven't had one person suggest to me, Gary Sanchez. The only catcher that I've had anyone suggest to me was Jacob Stallings. Okay. Uh, why did this become such a hair on fire, have to have it free agent all of a sudden? Because I think this is the same Gary Sanchez I've watched for the better part of 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I, I a couple things. Um, I, I, I think had the Pirates gotten some more accomplished this offseason in the fans minds that if Gary Sanchez popped up in the last week as a possibility and then they didn't get it done or didn't you know whatever didn't happen I don't think it would have been as big of a deal um, so that's the first thing I would say um, you know secondly with Gary Sanchez um, he's, he's a guy that he did seem to reinvent himself a little bit the last year or two. Um, offensively, he had a pretty good year. Even defensively, he, he had improved. But yeah, overall, I don't know if it was as much of a backlash against Gary Sanchez as just more of it's just PTSD for Pirate fans that yet again, a name, not even a great name, and they still couldn't get it done. So I, and someone brought that up to me on Twitter. So I do think that's a point to acknowledge. Now, some people were very focused on Gary Sanchez. For me, if they'd have sniffed around and got him, 
I'd have been okay with it, but I, I didn't see it as anything to get upset about either. If they had signed him, Jim, I'd have come on this show and I would have somehow found a way to audibly shrug, you know, yeah. and <laughs> they didn't sign him. And I sit here and my friend, I shrug. I don't care. I, I'm not even sure how this was a good fit. I don't see a team that cares about defense back there that much that they would literally piss with their 1-1 pick. Is all of a sudden going to be like, yeah, yeah, let's forget all that. And even though he was okay enough to, to catch Snell last year, those underlying numbers are still things Pirates hate. He still can't frame. He still has an awful, tragic pop time, actually. Like, I just, I don't think that long-term that's something I necessarily want to try to be sitting behind my prize catcher. Sorry. Henry's got to learn on the job this year, man. I just, I can't see any way around it. And quite honestly, I don't want them to sign anybody and give themselves an easy out. Show me this year, good or bad. I don't even care if it it causes them to, to lose 90 games this year. I need to know by the end of this year, is Henry a catcher or not? Because what's coming right down the pike is heading into next offseason, putting all my chips in a guy that hasn't played in a year now, coming back from an injury, hoping that not only does Andy come back and pick up right where he left off, but becomes a major league hitter too. After being off for a year, I'm going to go into that without knowing what's going on with Henry. Nope. Well, he's doing it this year. And, and I agree with that. I guess the the interesting question I would have is if the pirates interest was legitimate, what does that tell us? It's an interesting, it, 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 because of the very things you're talking about, it's interesting to me to ask that question just simply because I'm, I don't know exactly what they would be thinking in that regard. Um, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like, why would they be doing that? Um, and you could, yeah. you could say, you could go through some scenarios. Well, they, they have a little money to spend and he's available and they thought they could get him. Or is it, do they know something about Henry Davis and they're not entirely sure uh, they're nervous uh, about how that's all going to shake out. Um, I, I don't know. I just find it interesting that they were linked, and I would love to know the reason why. I would say if they know right now that Henry can't catch, let's say that that's the supposition. They know Henry ain't going to make it. They were just going to humor him with Andy, and then Andy got hurt, and all of a sudden, that's a dangerous game. Right. So they know he can't catch. That's why they were interested in Gary Sanchez. Well, if that's true, well, they better be on the phone with Yosemite Grandal because after him, it's a huge drop off to the next available catcher. And ain't nobody trading them. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody trading somebody that's better than Henry. My point with Gary Sanchez is if that's what you want for real, you want somebody who's a pretty crappy defender and can hit. That's a very good shot. That's what Henry is. Take that. Let's deal with that for a year. That's all I'm saying. Like, I want to know this year about Henry, what he is, 
There's no excuse to me to not have that answer. It seems it seems like a curious uh, um, exploration on the pirate side. That's all I will say. I would I, I would like to know why. Um, maybe we'll find out really soon. I will say this with Henry Davis. Um, he's not going to be outworked. Um, if it's there, he'll find it. But, you know, it's a big question mark going into the season. And um, I think you've got to let him catch, you know, half the games. Like, I, I can't – if you really want to find out what you're dealing with there. Yeah, to me, I just feel a good, honest effort. I want to see – 50, 60, even up to 80 games this year. I don't expect him to do a full load. That's a lot to ask. Let the right. backups do it. Spread him around with, with DH. Toss him out in right field if you want. I don't care. You know, find a way to move him over to first base. Do something to get him another place to play. But I want him to learn back there, and I want him to show us one way or another. That has to happen. All of that to say, Jim, I don't think we can write down which catchers are going to make it yet, and I don't think right now we can decide if it's going to be two or three. They might take all three of them north as we're currently constructed. It would. I, I'm absolutely leaning towards that they will do that. Now, I don't know because obviously that creates issues with the roster, but um, – if you consider Henry to be a true catcher. Yeah. I, my guess is Henry's going to be working on catching all the time. Right. So, you know, um, I can't foresee him taking any time to just go shag balls in right field uh, unless it's just flat out screw around bat- batting practice and you're standing out there. I, I think he's going to be catching constantly. Totally agree. Let's bounce yeah. to the outfield because once we start sewing up some of these other position groups, I think we'll be able to circle back and, and understand a little bit better what we think they might do with the catcher. Cause it's really easy for me to say they'll get, they're going to bring three North and you as well, but we might do this exercise and then go, yeah, yeah. no. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I was alluding to. Yeah. yeah. So let's start with the outfielders, right? Um, I'm going to pretend Henry Davis isn't in it. Uh, Connor Joe is where they're still putting him. And I do think he'll play some out there and I, and I think he'll play some first base too. I, I would consider him more of a utility, but they're listing him as an outfielder. So that's where we'll talk about him. Um, Edward Olivares, new interesting guy. I don't think we a hundred percent know what to expect from him. Yeah, Josh I, Palacios is I coming don't. back. Same kind of deal there. I don't, I don't know if, Maybe he's added a little bit of something over the off season. The pirates cannot stop talking about him or shoving him under our faces. And all I can really say is they did the same thing to Kane Smith and Jigba a few years ago, and he just got TFM yeah. picked up by the Mariners. Yeah, I, I I look at Palacios and I think um, I could see him being a guy that tries to sell out for even more power. Um, just because simply it is something he was able right. to tap into last year. And that can go one of two ways, right? So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know they like him, but I don't know what that means for how much playing time he gets. And on the non-roster side, they're going to bring uh, Gilberto Celestino. You know, that's another guy that they picked up that was kind of interesting from the Twins. I don't think he's got a shot of making the team, really. But 
they're going to bring him. Matt Gorski, interesting because he really and truly can play center field. He really and truly can play first base, and he really and truly does have power. He also strikes out a ton, and he's not on the 40, man. So, I mean, it's going to be – exactly a young guy at this point. Yeah, it's not a young guy, but it's also a guy that I do think probably gets a legit shot. You know, he may be one of your – Lima dress types that, that gets a, a system call up at some point. If he can just cut down on the strikeouts even a little, he's pretty attractive. I mean, he's very athletic, good fielder. I think he really could get it, get a little bit of a taste at some point, but I don't think out of spring. And then Billy McKinney, you know, everybody's uh, World Series indicator from early on in the offseason. Yeah. Not, not a lot there to chew on, quite honestly, with some of those names right now. No, I think I think on the non-roster side, you got a lot of non-events. I think there's a couple that that interest me, and really from the prospect depth is what, is what gets interesting. So the outfield, the only things I think that we can 100% say yes right now is Brian Reynolds and Jack Sawinski, right? Sure. I think we can say with pretty good confidence, Connor Joe, but. Let's hold off because, again, we might change our minds as we walk through this, right? Now, now, confidence in, in what with Connor Joe? Making the roster. Okay. I didn't know if you meant outfield specific where you were going with that. So, no, I just making the team. Okay. And, I'm, and that's another reason I'm kind of leaving him go because we're going to do the infielders now. And I think that'll kind of, you know, shine a little bit of a light on how deep this log jam really is. Um, yeah. I will say I'd be shocked if Connor Joe, if he's not, if he wasn't going to make the team that, that he would be, I'll be shocked. I really would. I agree. And Wilbert Matthews here says he is on team Connor. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe he's a trade guy. He I could be. He could be. I, you know, he really could be in all sincerity. Um, let's do, let's do the infield here. And, uh, I know we're we're kind of like not marking that guys down immediately unless we know for sure. But let's start with the ones that I think we know for sure, right? Okay. Rowdy, my buddy. Yeah, you know he's going to make it. O'Neill Cruz. I think he's got a spot on this team. Maybe. <laughs> Key, right? Yep. And then after that, I think you kind of get to. Somebody's got to win stuff, right? You got Jared Triolo, Alika Williams, Leover Pagero, Nick Gonzalez, and Shang Shei Shang and Jiwan Bay. Now, I don't think any of them are a lock to make this roster. I really don't. Although one of them has to, probably two of them has to. Right. So, um, we're probably going to have to think about that in segment three, Jim, which one of those infielders are going to win that out. If I had to pick right now, I think I would start with Pagaro. I think he's my leader in the clubhouse for second base. And then Jared Triolo, because I think they have to have him for backing up third base and uh, his ability to back up first base and second base as well. But part of Hayes hitting last year, is going to have uh, an effect on this roster because I think they're going to have to get him more rest 
to manage that back. That, that problem's never going to fully go away. So I think Jared Triola, you can expect to be probably playing third base once, twice a week just oh, to keep Hayes fresh. I think Triola, I, 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 I know somebody said they didn't see how he made the roster. I said, I, I'd be shocked if he's not. I just think he's too much positional flexibility. He can, And by the way, he can play all those positions really well. He's got his own set of issues and and let's not forget the fact that triolo actually yes he was aided by some good good luck at the end right. of the year he hit now too. do you feel good enough about triolo to put him on the the make list because i think i do if only because of that third base situation i do because to me right. nick gonzalez is the only other one that can play third base and he'd have to hit his way onto this team and if he did that he'd be the second baseman so I just don't see it. Yeah, because what would you do? What would you do with Nick Gonzalez? I mean, if 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 you had the situation where with Pagero and Nick Gonzalez and they both looked pretty decent in spring training, what would you do at that point? Right. I mean, and then G one Bay, man, it's tough because the, the speed is intoxicating. I don't think that he can play second base. I really, really don't. Um, I don't think he can turn double plays and, and that's just something that you can, you can teach technique, but you can't teach arm strength and an ability to just know where to be to receive a ball and when to go after a ball. And I just don't, I don't like that mix with O'Neill Cruz. I think that's just a bad looking double play combo. I don't want to see it. It could get a little wild at times uh, with those two right up the middle, and I don't think that that's necessarily – you don't want two of those. It, one's, one's enough. You know, and O'Neill Cruz is going to have his right. his days there as well. So to me, if Bay makes the team, the only reason he makes it is because they believe he can play center field, and they'd want to have a backup. I know the other thing is they believe Joshua Palacios can play center field. So I think that might be more of a direct battle than we're thinking those two for an extra outfield spot. Um, I don't think that Palacios is just fighting, you know, um, Oliveris for that fourth spot or third spot. I think he's fighting, you know, Juwan Bay and potentially Connor Joe for some playing time and Koch. So mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty interesting. The Palacios, Palacios thing to me is interesting because I, I I don't recall seeing him enough out there just to even get an idea of what it looked like. Um, I know they don't want to move Reynolds over there. It, it, even like they just want Reynolds. I think they just want Reynolds to be in left field. When he gets his off days, he gets his off days, correct? For the most part. I don't think yeah. that they're afraid to let him do it. Like if if they wanted to and they thought it was better or they had somebody that was like a surefire left fielder that, you know, absolutely has to be in there because it was bat or something. Like if they went and got Jorge Soler, you know, you might have to shove him in left field or right field one way or another. Mm-hmm. Then you would do something like that. But I think uh for the most part, they would prefer he just stay in left field, and and I think they would prefer Jack to be the center fielder. But you know, if G1 Bay is is a guy that you think is interesting and you want to make a spot for him, that's where I first start trying to open the pliers to see if I can shove him in. Right? 
Yeah. Well, he's going to, Bay is just going to have to show some consistency and he's going to have to show he can hit a little more than he's been capable of. All right. So we're going to stop on the infield with Rowdy Telez, O'Neill Cruz, Cabrian Hayes, and Jared Triolo for right now. That doesn't mean we're calling Jared Triolo the starting second baseman. It just means we're pretty damn sure Jared Triolo is going to make the team for a multitude of reasons. For that reason, Jim. Yeah. I feel like we should almost circle back right now and throw Connor Joe back in. Because if Jared Triolo is for sure because of what he can do, Connor Joe is too. Don't you think? I I do. I mean, I think they're both too, too versatile uh, uh, types of guys. Someone's going to have to absolutely force one of those two guys right. off the roster, in, in, in my mind. I neither are perfect players, um, but I can't imagine a roster where those two guys aren't on it as we sit here today. Let's do the non-roster invitees for the infield just because I I think that there's a couple that are in here a little interesting. Um, First, let's do prospects. Termar Johnson, of course, that's going to be fun to get eyes on him and everything. Um, Jack Brannigan, another one. I think you're going to be floored by the fielder he is um tremendous third baseman according to um people that i follow pretty closely like anthony murphy and whatnot probably just as talented as a shortstop he's super high on him isn't he no this kid can play the field he really can and um i like the bat probably better than murph does but i like his i like the kid's frame i think he'll fill out more so uh, I, I see him dropping shortstop and kind of moving to a corner. I'm personally excited as a dark horse first baseman of the future type. But everyone will yell at me and say they don't want to waste the arm. So just pretend I didn't say it. Well, you know, Sergio, at some point gotta, you got to waste something. I mean, you got you to have something over there um, at some point, and they haven't sure haven't been able to find it. Right. All right, and then we got um, Sergio Alcantara. I'm excited about that, if only because uh been around for a minute. It'll be, it'll be fun to see him. And then somebody I was really, really high on last year, and I'm really excited to see come back, is Andres Alvarez. I thought that that might be who you were going to say. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that, dude. I think he, I think he's got stuff that... I, last year, I thought he had a shot to kind of push his way into the conversation, and he just did not have a great year. <laughs> like, so, right. I really, really want to see him kind of push back a little bit. I don't think he's a threat to make this team, but I'm excited, no. I'm excited yeah. to see him mentioned in this group and get, get an opportunity. You know, Yeah, I don't think there's any – I think he could hit 430 in spring training and – he might because he might only get one game. <laughs> and then uh, the other two are, um, you know, the bigger names here that we have to bring up. Jake Lamb, uh-huh. um, you know, it's it's a swing at swings here. It, it's not going to add up to anything. He's probably going to hit some bombs into the spring training wind. Um, people are going to get excited, but he's not going to make this team. Most likely. I just can't see a spot for that. Um then again, Rowdy Telez could show up and pull his hamstring, and you're going to start the season with Jake Lamb. You know, <laughs> like yeah, Jake Lamb. I mean, he's what pushing 
35 now, I think, um, yeah. I, you know, hasn't, hasn't looked good in a hot minute as the kids would say. I mean, he's not good. Yeah. Let's just be honest. He's not good, right. but he's, he's a guy that he can hit some home runs. He can field the position. Uh, I like him as depth the same way. I like having Seth beer as depth. It's depth. They haven't had in the past. It's nice to have that sort of player in the minors just sitting there in case you do have some kind of an emergency and you don't really care if they end up coming up for 15 days and getting DFA'd. It doesn't matter. No, what would be hilarious is if, if Jake Lamb hits, like you said, 10 spring training home runs and eight of them are wind, <laughs> wind born. Uh, right. How, how fans digest that and how much screaming we hear for Jake Lamb. Well, you know how they'll digest it. One more, <laughs> one more that I think is probably the most interesting of all the non-roster invitees as far as having an opportunity to win a job. And, and you might laugh at this one, but Joe Perez. Um, Joe Perez, man, he was successful last year in the minors. And it was just a, a kind of a nothing acquisition to pick him up for, you know, couldn't crack the roster with the Rangers. I like what he had to do last year. He's a little bit old. He got some power. He's got some contact to him. He can play a lot of different positions, including, you know, a scary one there. Joe Perez has a chance to like come in and impress and maybe win. And Houston is what I meant. Not Texas. Sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't think he had played for anybody else, but that organization or wait, was he with somebody before? Has he been with Houston the whole time? Yeah. Okay. But that was a pretty decent pickup last year, and he really did impress. So uh, I I think he's an interesting one that I wouldn't mind seeing. Um, yeah, I'm looking at his minor league stats. He's not. He's not. He's not bad. I'm his just saying I wouldn't be floored if he came in and took a job. I mean, like. We, we talk about some of this stuff being in flux and there's no reason why he can't come in and impress enough to take first base. If that's what, you know, if that's what he comes in hitting and raking. So what? Let him have the platoon and start with Triolo in the minors. Then if that's what you got to do or start with Connor Joe in the minors or all the bears, maybe, you know? Yeah. You got to do what you got to do to get, get players that you think are worth a damn. So what did we come up with here? We have so far Andrew McCutcheon, Brian Reynolds, Jack Sawinski, Rowdy Telez, O'Neill Cruz, Brian Hayes, Jared Triolo, and Connor Joe. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of our 13. So we have some work to do, Jim. We should probably take a break and come back and do that work. Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. We're 
back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you hit that subscribe button down there. We really, really want to try to get the channel numbers up for this thing and like it and give us a comment and share it with your friends. And it takes, takes two seconds. Takes two yeah, seconds. it does. It takes two seconds. It's not asking a lot. It's it's easy to do. It's a bad pop time. Right. So we're sitting at eight, Jim. We got, I figure, five more. Yeah, it's the first one's going to be really easy catcher. Um, regardless of what we're calling Henry, is he making this team? Like, obviously, he's got his full complement of options. Is he a lock to make this team? A hundred percent. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. it would have to be a disaster for it not yeah, to, right? I, you know, unless he unless he was hurt. Which <laughs> with Henry, uh, you never know. But uh, I, I can't see. I can't see that. Even if he has a bad spring, I don't think it means that they're going to worry about it. I totally agree. Let's toss in Jason Delay, just because we need a catcher, and we can always swap in the other one if uh, we decide we're only going to keep two. Okay. So that's ten. Right. Now we definitely need Wait, backup one, infielders, right? We kept Jared Triolo. Yeah. So we're going to keep Leaver Pagaro, I would think, right? I mean, I would hope. I hope that he I hope he doesn't leave it to be a question mark. I think he's such a big key to them this year. I would agree. All right, so that's 11. Yeah. Two more. You know, you you'd think that they're going to want to keep at least one more outfielder. We only have two, formally speaking, Brian Reynolds and Jack Sawinski. So do we think Oliveris is probably the leader there? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you'd have to put him in the, one of the next two spots, right? Right. So that leaves one. And I think that one is really, what do you want to do with G1 Bay? Do you want to have a third catcher? And does Nick Gonzalez look decent? And um, Palacios. And Palacios. So those are your four right there. So you're kind of fighting over for that last spot. What would you value the most? I mean, if they believe Bay can still play second base, I'd still disagree with them, but I'd understand. So it's Bay, Palacios, Sanchez, and who else am I missing here? Who's who's the other one I'm missing? Nick Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I feel like if Nick or Leover can't play, can't start at second base, they're, one of them's going to start in AAA. Well, I think well, you're going to want them to get the at bats, right? I was just going to say, um, either one of those, you don't just sit on the bench. If you've got any hopes for them still, you, you want them back down trying to work on things, regain. If I had to guess right now, so, yeah, I would say with Pagero and Nick G, it's just one or the other. That's what I would think, too. So I take him off the list. That makes it three. 
Joshua Palacios, eh, he had a decent run with the team last year. Do you maybe just start the season with him because he's familiar and and you kind of know what you're going to get from him? And let's see if if you know he's going to come back looking any better or improved even. You kind of make a call sometime middle of the season if he's not impressive, just move on from him. I'm just trying to see how they would do the outfield situation. You'd have Connor Joe for some outfield. Um, let's see. Brian Reynolds, Jack Sawinski, Oliveris. Yeah. And Oliveris, right? Yeah, you know. You're looking, and in and, and it's a big thing about what do they think of Bay? Where do they think of Bay playing? I guess. Yep. You know, are you looking at him as a second baseman? Is that what it comes down to, you, Bay and Palacios? Then, or are we going to go with the catcher because we were very confident about that third catcher, right? Yeah. How I'm. Uh, I mean, they could probably get away with two catchers right at the beginning and then see how that situation plays itself out. Um, you know, maybe that's a way to do it where then you're not forced in into making a decision if you wanted to keep, you know, both Bay and Palacios. Yeah, it's a tough call. Bay and Palacios are kind of the same type of player to me. You know, probably a guy that's trying to hit for power that shouldn't be. You know, right. yeah. I mean, I, I would, um, I would hope that Bay goes back toward more of what I think he could be. But Palacios has that has that edge right now, though, that he was just so good in one in one specific area. I, you know, I, that's the, where I'm going to lean. Let's let's call it a day right there. Here's our thirteen that are, that we think are going north right now before they make any more moves. Andrew McCutcheon. Brian Reynolds, Jack Sawinski, Rowdy Telez, O'Neill Cruz, Brian Hayes, Jared Triolo, Connor Joe, Henry Davis, Jason DeLay, Leover Peguero, Edward Olivares, and Joshua Palacios. Now, interesting with that is, is with Sanchez, um, what's his deal contractually? Um, are they able to just... You mean like could they just jettison him to the minors? I think he's yeah. a two-way signing. That's what I'm trying to think of. Is like, could, do they have any r- room with him on that? I know delay would have to be DFA'd. Yeah, that's that's. I know Ollie Sanchez was a, a major league signing actually, so they would have to do something there. He might have options. Yeah, I, I have to look into that because that's a big thing too. I'm not even 100 percent sure that I care. Well, I'm just saying like it makes that situation easier to do at the beginning of the year. if they Sure, and you wouldn't want to lose your depth because, you know, Carter Benz isn't really awe-inspiring as far as depth goes at the catching position. So it's not like you're looking to jettison anybody from the team that that could help, right? Right. And Ali Sanchez did some interesting things. You know, the guy can, can hit some homers. Show well, some power. It'll be it'll be cool to go back and see how wrong we were with this, um, or right. It always case. is. 
that's the fun part of it all the time yeah. i mean for what it's worth fan graphs has um ali sanchez starting in AAA, so i mean i could see that as well uh apparently that means he's okay he doesn't have any options though so i'm guessing it's a two-way contract but regardless that that's the setup i think we're looking at that's a pretty decent set up as far as what we were looking at where's the room to really add then jim i mean i think rowdy telez is not as good a first baseman as we wanted them to go out and sign on paper but is he somebody that you can really upgrade that position without upturning the apple cart a little bit because somebody would lose a spot and it wouldn't be him I think you'd probably be losing like Connor Joe or Jared Triolo to, to upgrade like for your counterpoint at first base. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would be interesting if Rowdy just looked like absolute garbage all spring. They're probably still keeping him though. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. $3 million isn't what $3 million used to be. You know what I, I mean? Like, I, I agree with that. I'm just saying like, just simply because of their options, they might just feel they have to, they have to pl- let it play out a little bit more than that. I mean, we, we literally were just talking about Joe Perez, right? Like there's a good chance in my mind that Joe Perez looks better than Rowdy Tellez in spring training. <laughs> Right. And I, I think like you're already going to kind of feel, oh man, this, that might be a missed opportunity there that he's going to go back down. So I, I'm not entirely convinced that like they'll get through the spring thinking they're right and like just eat it anyway. But if Rowdy Tillis is healthy, I think he's going to take just as much advantage of the spring air as everyone else does. And he's going to rope some balls out of that ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Doug Doug Smith just said Cruz and Rowdy. I am picturing that um, on a, on a uh, routine ball to short and seeing how that all unfolds. Oh, I was picturing it shirtless on horseback, but. Oh, wow. I I get it. I mean, wow. That's that's one way to look at it. (laughs) What do you say, man? Should we do call our, call your shot? Because oh yeah, gonna, yeah, I forgot about that. We're gonna circle back to uh, to pitching to do that. So I I figure we should probably get that in. And before we do, I should tell you it's sponsored by our sponsor, Yins. That's right. Yep, Shop Yins. Head on over to Shop Yins, and you can get some of our stuff with our ugly mug on it, or you can get some of the cool stuff they got with one one logo to represent Pittsburgh sports all year round. It, um, it's it's one cool logo that kind of represents the Pirates, Steelers, and Penguins. It fits together real nice. It's a color. Um, my wife likes wearing stuff like that when we go out. Um, she likes being Pittsburgh. She doesn't necessarily care about the sports as much as I do. Um, and yes, somehow we've survived in marriage. Um, so God, check out Shopkins. And they always bring us with this. All right. And this week, Call Your Shot comes from our buddy, Pirates Queen Banshee. That's a good one. How likely is it the Pirates are going to watch for starting pitchers cut from other teams during spring training and pick them up for a one-year deal? Very. I have to go a certain way for that, right? Um, 
I would have to say they're already bringing in a lot of those guys right now. Uh, even like this Honeycut guy they just signed. Um, that's that's a like a one million dollar lottery ticket to a guy that's going to sit down there. Basically, hopefully you don't need him. Maybe he shines and you bring him up. I think it's possible that they will do something like that, but I don't think that it's nearly as possible as it has been in past seasons. Yeah, I, they'll be they'll watch and they'll they'll yeah. be looking. Um, I think it's much. I, I keep going back to the, to 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 the trade scenario as we get closer and closer, but the more some of these these guys and, and I know she's talking about pitching. I'm just saying the more some of these guys are hanging around free agency wise, um, you know maybe there's maybe there's a a crack there too. I, I don't I I don't know I don't know how, it's it's weird. You know we've still got some guys out there that you would think would be signed by now. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. The market's strange right now. Um, I think there's a lot of teams that are kind of forced into this weird situation with a lot of prospects right now that maybe we didn't really take into account. I wrote about this a little bit, not very long ago. Um, Wilbert Matthews says Lorenz. And of course, yeah, I'm still on that too, but (laughs) yeah, that would be a good one. But they, I think the situation that, that we're in is we're still paying for COVID. We really are. And prospects are paying for COVID. And it's pushed everything into this like congested area where you haven't seen as much of prospect as you want to to make a decision. And a lot of people have been forced to protect people that they probably didn't really want to protect yet. And so they've been on their 40 man for a couple of years and they want to get something out of them. They don't want to just jettison them off. And you see a lot of these trades that are going around. A lot of what the Braves did was trying to just get rid of 40 man problems. People that they were going to have to make a decision on. They just were pushing them off on other teams in, in these trade packages. Like here, you deal with that. You deal with that. Yankees did it a few years ago to us with Diego Castillo and Rwanzi and Yahure and, you know, that group. Right. I think, no, I was just going to say, I think too, you've got this, you're, you're starting to see a push too um, around baseball. This is like where, um, I don't know if you want to call it like a youth movement, but teams aren't as afraid to, to, to play younger guys um, as, as much as they were. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying that you're seeing it more than I think you did in the past. I think a lot of teams are starting to realize that um, as closely as we monitor when guys start to fall down the other side of the mountain, they haven't been paying enough attention to when guys start actively climbing the mountain. And they're realizing they're killing these guys in the minors before they ever get a chance to come up here. <laughs> like Sometimes you're wasting talent by not bringing guys up here till they're 25, 26 years old, you know? Yeah. So I think we're we're seeing, you know, a little bit of an effort to do that more. But again, I think it's just exacerbated by COVID. It's really screwed things up. And it's changed the perception of when guys should make it and how quickly they should move through a system and, and all this stuff. It it's it's not 
it's not something that's going to leave us within the next three, four years. I think we'll, we'll kind of be dealing with it for a while. We'll be able to point back to it still. Well, and some organizations are more affected by it than others, you know, quite honestly. Um, and yeah. the pirates definitely were in that group, in that category. Sure. Like, uh, Douglas Smith says conservative when they're young over aggressive when they're older. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's major league baseball for years. And I think they're starting to get punched in the mouth for it. Yeah. I think that was, that was where I was going with it is you're, you're seeing a little bit of a change in like, well, no, maybe, maybe we can, you know, um, put the gas pedal down a little bit quicker on some guys. Um, you know, I, everything goes in cycles, so maybe, maybe, maybe it'll return to. What, but again, these guys are cheaper too. I'd ma- I'd make a pirates joke here, but literally, Henry just got here faster than anyone Juan has in in decades. So they're clearly not holding guys back. Jack Sawinski jumped straight from Double A. Solid chance Paul Skeens is going to debut this year. I mean, like. They're they're really not holding guys back at this point. Um, even Andy took a real downturn offensively last year that kind of kept him from getting caught up earlier, you know. And and Henry just he proved that he could hit, and they just were like, "All right, well if you're going to hit, <laughs> then get up here because nobody else is, right?" Yeah. No, I mean Henry was. I mean, they were they were at least looking to get the op. It's funny how it worked out, but they were at least hoping to get the offensive boost. Yeah, it's just funny as much as much complaining as we've done about as, as much complaining as we've done about that sort of thing. They've actually not done too much of it. Like at least nothing that I felt was excessive. And for the most part, I think they've kind of proven they were right. Like with most of the decisions they've made with, in regards to calling guys up. I haven't well, seen them do anything that, that I felt was way too long in the tooth or anything like that yet. You can't, you know, you can't win. And this is with the Steelers or the Pirates. And, and you've got young guys, you know, if you play them early and they stink, then you rush them. And if he comes up, and plays well, or he didn't start, you know, the first five or six games of a Steeler season, and he plays well, then why aren't you playing him? You should have been playing him. So you'll never win that. You'll never win that from a team perspective. In right, you know how fans are going to look at it. Sure, and I agree with you. I just feel like um, we're not we're not like that. So I'm I'm looking at it more pragmatically. I guess no. I'm just saying, like it, you know, that's how it's always going to go from like a. Um, you know, uh, how the fan base interprets that. Right. So the last thing I wanted to touch on, Jim, uh, at least for this episode, was really just how do you feel right now? I mean, the team has told you what they want to do. We we covered it ad nauseum. We don't feel like they've done enough to, to meet that threshold, right? Right. So how do you feel? Well, we know what the projections are. Projections are, you know, they're on paper. You still have to go out and play. True. Um, I, you know, we're we're definitely the off season is 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 narrowly uh, it's winding down. You know, I think they said certain things. Um, 
that have gotten them in a position where fans were expecting a little bit more. And I think it's reasonable for fans to want more and expect more based on kind of what they were saying. Now, are they full of crap? Yeah, probably um, to an extent. But then just don't go out and say that, you know, don't if you're really not going to do anything substantial and I mean pirate level substantial, then I would say maybe, maybe not say it. Unless they disagree that they didn't need to do anything substantial. Well, you know, you know, you know how they they framed it this off season that they I were do. going to, they, they were they going framed to it a, that they were going to try to win a division and, and make the playoffs and attack free agency. Attack yeah, it. Attack are, free agency. As far as like, that's probably you know, not after best. certain guys or yeah. shop in a different aisle, which was, which came from Jason Mackey's brain, not theirs, but attack free agency came from, their mouth. All I'm saying is, is like, you know, there are, there are ways to go about things for a fan base that doesn't trust you anyway. That's probably not one of the words I would use. Yeah. I guess I'm to the point where I don't think they could do anything right or wrong that changes anybody's mind or position on what this team is or will be until they actually do it on the field. I really mean to say this. I think they could go and get Jordan Montgomery tomorrow, and I would not feel this as a division winner. I just think there's too many young kids that have to play for me to predict something like that. I can't get myself there. I'm never going to agree with them. That said, that's the goal I want them to have. So, I hope that they're right. I hope they're right. And some of these kids take them there. I think the thing, uh, yeah. I mean, I think the thing that a lot of fans think of, and you know, I've had these thoughts too, which is look, the division's kind of a mess. There's no reason you can't be doing something to help now and in the future as you try to get to where you think you might be. So, that is the biggest problem I have is is why not look in those areas where you're talking, hey, whether it's a trade, you can get a guy with three years of control and do something where like it's a now and future type situation. I think that's all fans are asking for is if the division was stacked. I mean, if we were sitting in the AL East, I, I would say don't, you know, what's the point? Uh, just completely stay wherever you want to on your timeline. I I don't see any reason why you can't try to attack both issues. Right. I just don't see, I don't see a trade out there that I think moves the needle enough. The things I've heard as possible anyway, Dylan Cease, I think would be a Chris Archer moment almost immediately. I, I actually would agree with that. Uh, I think you could pull off one of the ones from Miami, but it's not great. You know, as far as what they're asking for, I don't think it's the best match. You know, I don't yeah, think we no, have I, what they're looking for. I think the cease thing is a bad idea. Um, the Giants have some extra players. Los Angeles has some extra. Um, 
you know, I think you might be able to talk to, to some, some of the bigger teams that, that have probably overstocked a little bit, but I, I don't know that I, I think guess, all the traditional targets out there are that great. No, and, and I guess this, this comes back to what we were talking about maybe even a little bit the last year or two is we're like, you just wanted them to be a little proactive, like proactive and look for a guy that can help you now. And still, as you're trying to move into that those, that territory, and I just think that that's where they, they, they almost want to get to a, a position where they're, okay, we've decided we want to do something now, and that's a tough way to go about it whenever right. they don't have all the resources. That, and I think a lot of people, and maybe you're not in this camp, but I think a lot of people, too, have, I think they've just dismissed some of what they did do. You know, I think, like, we sit back and look at that roster we just did today, and I'm pretty happy with it, to be honest with you, at least as far as going into the offensive season. I think it has a good chance to put up some runs. I'm pretty happy with it, and I like some of the youngsters, and I want to move forward with them, and I want to see what they can do. I don't want to fill those up. No, I think my whole thing is was like with me is definitely on the starting pitching side. Like I don't want to sabotage the strength of this team going into this year or next year without having enough innings to cover some things. Right. But you also don't think Marco Gonzalez is going to be good, right? Well, I don't want to count on it. Okay. But you have to, at some point, like when I go buy a freaking car and it's used, like, and I look at the car facts, I'm still taking a risk that I'm driving it off the lot and only going to get six months out of it. When you make a purchase, you have to believe you're going to get something out of it, right? So they didn't bring in Marco Gonzalez going, oh, geez, I hope he gives us four games. Like It's not like that. They think he's a starter. So if they think that, they think they've got a hole filled. We fans are not considering a slot filled with Hay and Martin Perez. That's my point. They did something. We just don't like what they did or we don't think it's enough and we don't believe there's enough room there for it. I actually so, like those signings, though. I mean, I'm not. I, I like them I, too, but you're not considering them needle movers. You're considering them feed for the hogs. You know, no, you have to have something for the engine, but they're not really going to move anything. I actually, don't, don't, the 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 two guys I think we're referring to are Perez and um, geez, Gonzalez. Gonzalez. What I am saying is, is like I I would prefer something after that not even necessarily as an insurance policy with them, just just as a insurance policy for the other guys, we don't have any clue how that's going to work out at all. I mean right. they've got they've got that's the thing is like they've got so many guys that are in the Ortiz, Contreras, Priest. I, I get all that and you never know how it's going to work out. I just don't see the harm in trying to at least get one more guy in there to help in case something doesn't work out how you think it's going to. Right. I'm not opposed to that either. And that's, we've been preaching from the same pulpit all year. I guess what I'm saying is the team, they could very well think that Ortiz, Priester, you know, Contreras and, and Falter between those four, they're going to fill up two spots pretty easily. And, oh, we got this other guy coming back too. And, oh, there's these other guys that are pushing as well. They may not want to lock it all up. I have been saying to leave one hole. You're saying to leave one hole. They may think leaving two is okay. Or at least leaving two is not 
mission critical. We got to go out and pay Michael Lorenzen 15 million just to get it done. That's my point. Maybe they're like, we'll get them for 12, but we're not going higher because we'd rather just try the kids out. I think it's that much of a teeter totter this year. It could be. Um, you know, I think, I think the fans deserve a little bit more right now. Um, it is year five. I don't see, hey, if that $3 million is going to make or break them, then God bless them. I don't think I'm saying that at all. And you, and you know I'm not saying that. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, I think they do deserve. I think fans do deserve and should expect that this is a year where they could do something to handle and help with both. If they hadn't said what they said, I, would, I wouldn't be selling this as a division year. I'd be selling this uh, well before they said it. I was selling wow. it as a 500 year and a chance at a wild card. That's what I thought 2024 would be. Yeah, that's I what know. I think 2024 will be. I never, I never expected it to be anything more than that. I mean, how could it? It's just not there yet. I, I mean, it's exactly what I thought it would be. So I mean, like, it's hard for me to like get shattered about it. It's exactly where I thought they would be. And part of me, a big part of me, wouldn't do shit. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would ride kids, man. I would ride kids because I want answers this year. Like, the whole Henry discussion we had earlier, I could apply that across the starting pitching realm real easily. Real easily. I'd much rather have Jared Jones suffer up here for a year and, and just learn his craft at this level. And knock off as much of the rookie as I can. So going into 2025, I know I got a guy. Then bring him up in June or July or August and let him pitch for a few weeks. And maybe you kind of feel okay about him in 2025. They could very well do that with him. Punch these kids in the mouth, man. That's what I would do. I'd bring them up and I'd play them. And I would have done a heck of a lot more of it last year. Well, Talking about proactive signings, I'd have been doing this years ago. Jared Jones is somebody that I think some people are expecting him to be on the on the opening day roster. I just don't think it will. Well, he won't be. No. So like That's it doesn't I'm matter. I'm just saying like when he is ready, bring him up. Like I, I don't I don't need a free agent in here if that's something you're gonna be open to. If you're gonna bring up the talented guys when they show they're ready, cool. Let's do that. I'd much rather have the kids come up here and learn this year. And I don't care if it costs them wins. I really don't. I think a wild card at best was what I was shooting at this year anyway, despite what they said. Well, so. the only the, the last thing I'll say about this is I look at it as, you know, if we talk about you can never have too much pitching, right? So even if they went out and got somebody um, or traded for somebody that had some control to them, young guy that looks like he's on the upswing or whatever, however, however it has to happen or whatever they do is if the worst thing that happens out of it is, is they find out they have too much of it, then that's a great position to be in. So I don't think that's what they'd find out at least not to that degree, because Jim, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get around delicately the simple fact that kids don't come up here and just pitch good. They don't. And they won't. And at some point, you have to get through it. You're either going to get through it this year 
or you're going to be trying to get through it next year when you should be even closer to really saying that you want to go after a division or dare I say world series. You really should be starting to talk about that in 2025. If they don't work through this crap with the pitching, it ain't going to happen. Anthony Solometo is not going to come up here and light the world on fire. Paul Skeens is not going to come up here and just light the world on fire. Skeens might. Skeens is going to learn some things he, at the major league level. Oh, yeah, he will. But he could still, you know, I'm not saying he's going to come out of the gate looking like Dwight Gooden. I'm just saying, like, Skeens, has an, Skeens at least has it in him if things break right, that he could. I'm not saying he will. Yeah. I I don't have that kind of belief in a rookie pitcher. I just don't. I look at Hunter Green and how hard he throws, and he's still struggling. That's why I just, I, I kind of like, I take a lot of that stuff away. I think he's going to be a great pitcher. I just don't think pitchers routinely come up and look that way. They, so to me, I get that growing pains out as early as I can. That's why I was so upset the pitching didn't come before the hitting. Because now they're stuck. Now you've got to make it happen. To me, you either force that to happen by bringing them up and making them do it, or you have to go buy it. Guess which one I don't think they're going to do. Well, they sure ain't going to buy it. Right. So I don't want to be having this conversation entering 2025 and then entering 2026. Well, we just kick the can down the road every year, waiting for these kids to arrive, but never having the balls to let them arrive. They annoy me with that stuff, Jim. I think last year they could have kicked the rust off of Jared Jones, for instance. I think they should have. With I Joe. think they should have, too. And then you bring up Priester. You suffer him through that. I think that's good for him. I think it's good for his character. He knows what the league's got for him. He'll take this offseason and learn. Come back stronger. Hopefully, Luis Ortiz does that. That's that's what you got to do, man. You got to sure, suffer. I, I agree. I, there's nothing about that that I don't agree with. Uh, I just Baltimore think- did too. Their pitching arrived first before all those hitters. Well, they sure got enough hitters. I wish we did. Yeah. On there. Anyways, on we should probably end the, the show. I know. I know. It's <laughs> it's cool. No, hey, look, it's good. It's good. We, you know, there there can't. We sh- if we're sitting up here all the time and totally agreeing with each other, then we're probably not doing this right. So. Jim, I wanted to disagree with you. I mean, I came out of my way to disagree with you. I, I, I wanted to, to fight. I took the bad side. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's you all have to good. Do it. When we don't have a guest, someone's got to play the game. But, yeah, I mean, I think all in all, I like the roster, at least offensively, much better. I am worried about the pitching. But uh, going into spring, I think there's a little bit of positivity, probably a little bit more than people are seeing on paper and despite any signings, I think, I think you'll, you'll find a way to work your way into being a little bit more excited probably than you are. And, and, and I, uh, again, I I'll say this too. We don't know what the next few weeks are going to bring. And until they're done, they're done with, you know, a potential ad. So we don't know yet. All right. Well, it was a therapeutic talk anyway, Jim. It's been a while since we've gotten together to yell at each other and yeah. talk about Stanley Cups and things like that. So, Well, I wanted to say one thing today, um, and this just a side note, but uh, it, as crappy as I'm feeling today, I am feeling good. 
my mother just completed her treatment sessions for cancer and we're now going to obviously have to wait and see how that all shakes out but mama stam good job and uh your son thinks you're the best and um so yeah that was some good news today gary that's awesome stuff jim i'm glad to hear that brother i wish i had a little bell to ring but i don't so i'll just play she, uh she rang it so we're I'll all just, good i'll just play ben let's go Buck. yeah buddy thanks everybody You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.